You're listening to the Broncos Audio Zone. This is Horsin' Around with Broncos insider Andrew Mason. Oh my God! Each week, Mace takes you inside the Denver Broncos. I like it! Players, coaches, insiders, and of course, with a twist only Mace can provide. Buddy duddies! Now, here's Orange and Blue 760's Andrew Mason. Horsin' Around, Chiefs week, week eight. Another must-win week, perhaps, for the Broncos. I'm Andrew Mason, joined outside the Pat Bowen Fieldhouse here by the esteemed, the inimitable, Andy Lindahl. I can't even say it. Inimitable? Inimitable. Inimitable? It means you cannot be imitated. Nobody does. I kind of do wish I had someone that did an Andy impression, because that's when you've made it, right? Even yes. if it's mocking, it still means you've made it. Fair enough. I got enough. one of those last year, so I guess I've made it. Oh, you've totally made it. Yeah. You kidding me? You're little Ditka. <laughs> <laughs> I did bust out the sweater vest I know, vest I didn't say anything week. last week. Were you disappointed? Did you go home a little sad that no comment was made about your sweater vest? Yes, I was expecting something. I wore it for you, man. I know. I <laughs> felt like had I gone down that road, though, we weren't going to crawl out of that ditch for quite a while there, Andrew. So I did it out of courtesy and respect to you. I did not touch on the well-used Bronco sweater vest that literally looks like it came out of Dan Reeves' closet out of 1986. Wasn't that the one you told me you found it like a secondhand store and you bought it? Well, I had one originally, but then there were holes in it, so I gave it away. Did the but moths re- get it? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> but I bought one off of eBay in the last year. The price was right. The size was really right. yes. What was the price? I think I paid about uh, nineteen ninety. Okay, yeah, that's the right price. See, I'm fearful. You're one of those guys, and I'm guilty of this too. Especially when you go to eBay, where if I decide I have to have it, you're not taking it from me, and then it becomes like a competitive thing instead of a price um, reality thing. I like the buy it now option. Yeah, I'm with you there. This is the price. Okay, fine, just do it. And then it's just like regular shopping. Except you're shopping for used clothes. I know Tyler Columbus has given me a little grief over the fact that I have worn some polo shirts. New ones, but polo shirts nonetheless that I bought on eBay. Look, you tell Tyler Columbus that we're not all fortunate enough to have a butler, okay? You know He has a butler? We kid that he does. Oh, okay. I don't know that he really does. He went to Cherry Creek, you know. And he lives on a golf course, yeah. right? Bonds, Bentleys. He's living the high else. life. Yeah, yeah. You Tyler know, Columbus could afford a butler, I he think. He could afford a nice shrimp cocktail. Jumbo shrimp. Couple extra thrown on there. I think, actually, he goes beyond that. He could afford a lobster cocktail. Lobster cocktail? Have you had one of those? I was going to say. I'd it, be willing to try. It just sounds good. The, the visual of three or four lobster tails chilled, sitting on ice, and then a side of cocktail sauce. Although I guess you'd have butter sauce because it's lobster. Butter, well, you know, okay, see, we just, again, we're down the, so my friend, our buddy Patrick Watkins, remember him? Yes. He used to say butter tray all the time just for stupid things. Like, if you ever want to make Dave Logan laugh, just go butter tray. And that kind of, that butter tray, hey, you got to get the butter tray out. Say it in like a half southern, half hillbilly voice. Logan's going to laugh because Watkins would do it. I can't remember why. Go get there. 
Go get that there butter tray out. Yeah, get that butter tray. I can and do that. Anthony, our esteemed afternoon board op, yes. claims that he never owns a butter tray, which, I, you know, Anthony, you're not responsible. You're a millennial if you don't own a butter tray. There are plenty of good uses for room temperature butter. I like to butter my corn with room temperature butter, Andrew. Isn't Anthony a millennial anyway? Yeah, I, t- I called so him no matter what, like he got irate. So even if he gets a butter tray, he's still a millennial by definition. Yeah, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's, hey man, I, I you know, I don't know what to say. Actually, not all, and I'll say this, not all um, millennials are snowflakes. I'm not one of those guys. And Anthony is a hard worker. Yes, but you're gonna you're gonna attack the butter tray when you don't even know the true value of it yet. Well, we got some issues. You know, I gotta say this for Anthony before we move on to the Chiefs. Anthony Rodriguez, of course, is one of our producers on Orange and Blue 760. When Ryan Edwards and I did the show at the Great American Beer Festival in September, unfortunately, our co-conspirator Steve Atwater could not be with us. However, Anthony arranged to have so many sound drops. Of Steve Atwater throughout the show. Hold on. That it was like he was there. Can we steal this little guy for a second? Can we steal the little guy? Is he a Bronco fan? Come here, little guy. Yeah. Come say hi to us. No, we're not scary. Come on. You don't want to be on the Broncos? All right. All right. You want me on the Broncos podcast? Oh, well. It's all right. Yeah. He's running away. (laughs) What does that say about us? A lot of people I've offered a job to have had that very reaction. So wow, we tried. I thought, hey, let's get a fan on here. The kid literally ran. He ran. He literally, <laughs> yeah, he <laughs> literally, he he tried out his forty-yard dash time like he was at the combine. That was impressive. He was like, Dad, Dad, what's wrong with you, Dad? So hopefully, Dad was all for it. Hopefully, he's not a good judge of character. My apologies for interrupting your story. No, so you're that fine. We could be, hey, really, when I've gone up to women in a club, that's also been the reaction. Run the other way. <laughs> hey, can I buy it? No. Okay. Good. All right. Anyway. <laughs> But back to my vignette. We're at the Great American Beer Festival, and Anthony Rodriguez is throwing all these sound drops from Steve Atwater in throughout the show. And people are walking around a few beers in at that point, a few flights in, and they're they're hearing Steve's voice over the speakers, and they're looking for him. Of course, he's not there. <laughs> but they're hearing Steve say, man, that's terrible. <laughs> he he did that to me too. What were we doing? We were doing something. Wasn't I giving you guys a hard time where he dropped that line where he goes, Man, you give my guy Mace a hard time. Probably. And I thought Steve, I was like, wait, Steve showed up. Steve, what are you mad at me for? And He's then I figured defensive. out it was a sound clip. He's very defensive of his co host when he's man, but even though we get grief on the air. Actually, it this weekend is Steve Atwater's birthday. He turns fifty two on Sunday. Jeez. What better gift? for Steve Atwater than a Broncos upset over the Chiefs. Please. And and really, is there a more appropriate team for it to happen? True. Huh? Because, huh? because the word Akoyade yeah. is a thing. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. Atwater had the hit, but I think you kind of say he was Akoyade yeah. rather than Atwatered. Yeah. Well, ruined is the word that I like to come up with because that's what the career was. Ruined. He was never the same after that. He was not. Say, man. Punch the bully in the mouth sometimes, Mace. It's a lesson. The problem There's a is, fable in there somewhere, Mace. The problem is you punch the bully in the mouth sometimes. If you do it in the wrong spot, then all of a sudden you're looking at a penalty and a suspension. In yeah, this day and age. nowadays. No, there's no punching the bully anymore. You just got to deal with it. 
Let me ask you this, as I try to help us transition into the... Although I like this, don't get me wrong. I do too. But one day we'll do... You know what? We may just do a cheers bar side. You know, cheers at the bar. Andrew and Andy. Norm and Cliff at the bar. Huh? Who's Cliff? Who's Norm? You... Well, I'm a little portlier, so I'll go and I'll be Norm. And you know the stuff, so you've got to be Cliff. But the thing is, some of Cliff's facts are nonsensical. Well, I mean, yeah, recent, I, and I love you, but some Johns of yours Hopkins are University. too. <laughs> what word did you use that you just in an MMA? <laughs> Inevitable. Yeah, that makes you Cliff, brother. <laughs> or Frazier. You could be Frazier, one of the two. I could. Be, I could be Woody. I could pull off Frazier. I don't know who bit. Sam is up in here. We'll have to figure out a Sam. We can I think Tyler could be Sam. Yeah, Tyler doesn't need the ego boost. But he's a former athlete. Could we bribe John into coming down and being our Sam? Maybe. The proprietor of the bar? <sighs> Here's what I was going to ask you. Okay, well, back real to old the... school cheers. Who's coach? Who's coach? That's a great question. I don't think you want to be coach because he's a little bit dim-witted. See, I kind of want to say Wade Phillips, but then you put the dim-witted thing on there. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Wade won't like that so much. I'm trying to think coach who's Coach didn't old... really know where the heck he was well, half and the again, time. I'm not calling mm-hmm. the man dim-witted, but he's got some of that sage kind of old tough guy wisdom. Yes. I would go Bill Kolar. Bill Kolar's coach. That's true. He's lovable. Players love him, but he'll get after you a bit when he needs to. Yeah. Remember the remember the episode where he had the little league team and he got a little loud with them. He got loud like Kolar does. But his heart was in the right place. Yeah, just That's like Bill's is. His players love him. Yeah. Okay, I want to ask you this since we brought up the bullying thing. How good would this Chiefs offense have been in the age of Steve Atwater, where you still could send a message through physical play? Wow. Would it have been the same? Because Tyree Kill's not just running anywhere no, free without fear. No, it wouldn't fear. have been the same. Because at some point, Tyree Kill would have been hit in the mouth. Opponents would have been more physical with Travis Kelsey. And Kelsey is a beast, no doubt. I think he would succeed in any era, but I don't think he would be as overwhelmingly dominant, say, in the 80s or the 90s. Well, I agree with you because you can't, you can't get hands on these guys anymore. No. They're allowed to just be physically. That's why the tight end position in some ways has become what it's become. Ask Shannon Sharp and Tony Gonzalez about what they dealt with as they try to run routes and tell me if Travis Kelsey could have handled it the same way. Now, the guy they think probably could have because he's just such a physical specimen is Gronk, but I think some of these tight ends would have a rude awakening as to the treatment they'd receive if it were back in the day. Is that, is that unfair? Is that to get off my lawn? No, it's not unfair. It's a different game now. I mean, you The only thing you can measure comparably to the way things were in the 1980s and 1990s is the raw win-loss total at the end of a season because you're still playing 16 games. In terms of offensive standards, defensive standards, yardage per game, yardage per play, everything like that, we're in a different world now, man. Yeah. The standards of past decades don't matter much when you're trying to make a comparison. All you can do is compare relative to the average. That's what I tend to come back to. And there it gets into a little bit of a gray area. That's why I'm not simply ready to say, oh, the offenses are better. They're playing a different game now. They are. They really are. And you can't do much about it as a defense. Give me an offense, say... Washington in 1983, in that era, averaging 30 points a game. 
Yeah. That's impressive. That's amazing, looking back on it. Well. Dan Marino setting the touchdown record back in 1984. That's amazing, given the era. Oh, hey, Ed McCaffrey used to tell me stories when we were doing the show together, and Rod's backed him up. Boy, I'll tell you what. You want entertainment. You, uh... You go sit with Rod Smith on the sideline, not that you mm-hmm. can, but there's a fun guy to watch a game with. He's got the passion of us everyday fans and the experience of a player. But all that being said, man, both those guys would tell me it was unbelievable, the physical nature, the physical contact, the things that they had to run through, guys throwing a punch in the chest and you know, so on and so forth. Now you get a little tug on the jersey and you got receivers looking for a flag. That's the biggest thing. I mean, granted, I'll give you this. I'll give the NFL rules makers this. It is more fun to watch some scoring and not watch the passing game be something that is, you know, so hard to try to pull off and execute. But at the same time, um, I'm so tired of the looking for the flag after every little thing on every little play, Andrew. And I'm so tired of wondering, are we going to review it? Are we going to this? Are we going to that? That's that's just some of the stuff I wish we could get out of this thing. I can live without the politicking for the flag. Don't you hate it? This isn't the NBA, man. never has been. It's like the NBA. It's like soccer. I can live without flopping. And we're starting to see some flopping to try to sell calls. Oh my gosh! The, look at the, the Spurs and the Rockets are kings of it. But look at the Colts or oh yeah, look at the Ravens Broncos game, and how Bradley Bozeman sells the contact on the block field goal return by Chris Harris Jr. and boom, it's off the board because of a penalty. That was Duke basketball esque. Didn't someone just do that last night in the Houston game? I thought early on some player flopped to sell one too. I didn't a Houston watch, player, so I don't know. Well, was, I was on Kid Patrol last night. Do you feel bad for Brock at all? Just looking at that box score? You know he wanted to have a good game against Houston anyway. Oh, yeah. Just like he wanted to have a good game when he came back to Denver in and 2016, he and he didn't. I like Brock, but maybe this, maybe starting QB is just not your deal. But that being said, the Dolphins' offense is a bit more productive with him than it was with Tannehill. You know, that is a fair assessment. I just, you know, the other thing that's going to be crazy, and, and I know that um, I know that Bill Musgrave even talked about it this week in his press conference, Andrew, when he talked about needing to maybe go for it on fourth down a couple of times. I, I like in some cases when coaches get a little more uh, gambling, mm-hmm. a little more, uh, you know, living on the edge. But I think sometimes it verges on reckless when you're trying an onside kick like Adam Gase did when your team just established something that resembles momentum again. Well, what's interesting is you sometimes take those risks if your defense is struggling to stop them on a full field, then you're like, well, the downside isn't as great because we're not stopping them if they have to go 80 yards. So let's say we go for it on fourth and two here at midfield. What's the difference? I remember covering an arena football game that involved Orlando and the New York Dragons and Jay Gruden was coaching the Orlando Predators. Jay Gruden, now head coach in Washington. And his defense couldn't stop New York at all. So they just started calling onside kickoffs, figuring, okay, if they can drive the ball the length of the field, why not go for an onside kickoff and take the chance that we might get the ball? Because we can't stop them going 45 yards arena football the field is 50 yards in length, not 100, because you got to fit it on a hockey rink. 
So we can't stop him going 45 after a touchback on a regular kickoff. Let's just go for the onside kick. And A, they'll be on a short field, and B, we might get the ball on an onside kickoff. And it worked. It actually worked brilliantly. I don't think the NFL is to that extreme yet, but certainly when you go against a high-powered offense that is slicing through your defense like a hot knife through butter, we're back on the butter again. Butter tray. Then there is less risk, less downside in saying, okay, we're going to roll the dice here on a fourth and two or a fourth and three. You give up field position, but if you're not stopping them on a full field, maybe you have a better chance stopping them if they only have half the field to go and just tightening up in the red zone. You know, let's cut, let's cut to the chase. How hot are you right now? Are you, are you starting to wonder about this decision for us to sit outside the field house as you've got not only the the actually very stylish Eddie Bauer uh, vest on, mm-hmm. but what looks to be a very warm shirt as well? It's Did actually you my, misread the forecast? A little bit. It's my thinnest flannel shirt, though. Thin, thinnest material. Are you sweating just a touch? Not yet. Is it coming? It's coming. I can tell you this. You're, you're, you're starting to glisten. Flushed? <laughs> <laughs> Am I turning red? But like a scout, like the scout oh, that you are. Some sweat right yeah, there. yeah. I there's a little bit. It on my brow. There's some. Matt Boyer walks <laughs> out. Yeah, this is this is the podcast. Yeah, your guy. So now you got to mock me for it too. It yeah. sounds better out here. I mean, we it can, does. I'll okay. give you that. We can't have the studio because, yeah. of course, Brandon Cristal and Justin Adams are now in from one to three, so we could not go in there. So that left us with the spot that my desk is at in kind of what will be the green room out it's there. cavernous. Yeah, but the sound bounces in there. I would spend literally two hours fixing it. No, that's why I came out here, even though it's hot. This is actually really nice. I, sorry to crash your podcast. But it but, has but been but cold, really so it nice. feels I good. Like this. this is fantastic. This is like in what they would say an Indian summer kind of day. Yeah. Warm. This is awesome. You guys should do this more often. It is if you're not wearing that, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mace is going full vest. This was a tactical this, error on my yeah. part. Why are you still wearing it? How long have you been out here? Positive life About choices. About 15 minutes, but I don't want to knock the recorder down. That's so not lazy. one of them. So anyway, we're, this it's speed the podcast along. This is fantastic. You get you really should do this more often. This is like okay. the, yeah, you know people. You can even have like you know people coming in and out. This we is great. Tried. There was a little kid <laughs> walking by, and we offered him the chance to be on our podcast, and he literally turned and ran. How old was he? About three. We're talking forty yard dash, shoulders down, burst out of the gate, full on run. Good decision. Right here. right here. The kid. The kid didn't want to be on the podcast. Cut right through the grass. His I don't dad think was anyone's encouraging him. The, yes. Yeah. Hey, come on over. Be on the podcast. He's like, no. He took off. If I saw if I saw Mace in a uh, in a vest, I'd think twice too. With like a hey, no. strange man offering me a microphone out in the middle of the sidewalk. What? I don't look trustworthy. <laughs> no, you do. You do. <laughs> he looks like little Ditka a little bit today. <laughs> you, this is your scouts look. You look like I'm you're lo- on the tail end of a tour. You haven't had a chance to go home and get new clothes. You're scouting your fifth quarterback in a this week. This is like my senior bowl look. Yeah. Because it's usually a little cool, a little breezy sometimes. You put the vest on. You put the flannel shirt on. Going to do a little night fishing? You're going to have a nice tan, but you're wearing short sleeves. You're going to have a nice tan by the end of this afternoon. I'm Irish, so all we kind of do is burn and turn white again. Skip tanning. I feel you on that. I feel you on that. All right, fellas. See Enjoy you, your lunch. That's Matt Boyer of Broncos TV, who you can hear on Orange and Blue 760 every other Thursday. This week it was Phil Milani, so 
Matt, get ready. You're going to be on next Thursday. You know what I kind of feel like here? You and I out in front of literally the field house, the entrance to the team store, so you can imagine it. And Great clear traffic. day. Not, yeah, it's some foot traffic. I feel like we're the old Muppet guys in the balcony just kind of bothering people. We're like the old guys on the porch that got a comment for you as you go into the drugstore. Statler and Waldorf. There. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Huh? Can you feel that? Do you have a Weisenheimer remark right now that would be Statler and Waldorf-esque? I don't know. I might. <laughs> Are there times when you're watching a game and you have kind of a smart remark that goes through your head, but you think, no, I probably shouldn't tweet this and I'm not going to say it on air, but it's brilliant. I don't. I will tell you this. I don't tweet anything during a game because I've just learned. Remember the, the Cowboy Bronco game? You know, no, I take it back. I think the thing was the Charger Bronco game remaining famously in 2012 brought him back and away the ship went yes but I was ready to tweet all sort of nastiness during that first half and I thought to myself when that game was done see had you been tweeting you'd look like a buffoon right now for all the ideas you had because this wasn't working there were people on my timeline that tweeted at me that did look like buffoons and I sometimes go back I have actually an image somewhere on one of my computers saved of people at halftime when the Broncos were down 24 nothing, calling for Tim Tebow to come back. Get yeah. rid of Peyton Manning, bring back Tebow. This is awful. And away we went. And everybody was joy- rejoiceful. You know, what's funny is that I do have a... I, but if you come to my house, I am loud, and I do coach the TV. Now I'm Does more, anyone ever walk up and say, they can't hear you? Yeah, my, my son and daughter ask all the time, who are you mad at? Um... <laughs> And I tell them the Broncos right now sometimes. But, yeah, my neighborhood got a full taste of it during that Baltimore game where I couldn't handle what I was watching towards the end, and I got really loud, and a door was open, and uh, I had a neighbor walk over and give it a whole knock because I've been at the stadium every time mm-hmm. up till this year. And he was like, you okay? I was like, yeah, just, just trying to give the boys some advice from a 1,000 miles away. Well, what advice would you give the Broncos then for this matchup against the Chiefs? Andrew, this is, and we've been talking about it all week. And the players themselves have said it. Elway said it to Dave Logan on our station. It is a must-win game. Now, I'm going to tell you this, and this will break some of the popular opinion. To me, the critical matchup, and I think we talked about it last week, is more that Houston game. And I'll tell you what, I, I think what you need off of this game is you need a good effort and a close game. I know they say there's no moral victories, and that's fine. You and I know that to be correct. But here's the deal. I think you can get momentum out of a loss. Now, if you can get momentum out of this, take it into the Houston game, find a way to get a win, and then get to the bye, then you've got the wild card row is what I'm going to call it because you got the Chargers, you got the Steelers, you got the Bengals. Those are all teams you're going to be battling with wild card spots for if you can't capture the division. One of them will be a home game, and one of them will be a quasi-home game with a lot of Broncos fans out in L.A. Thank you. And then, but you got to watch about that Steeler game could be tough too. Cincinnati they could, could have be a tough. Bunch of fans here, and and the Steelers are getting some momentum right now, and we'll see what impact Le'Veon Bell has because presumably he will be on the Steelers roster by then, because that is past the deadline. So he he should be back. How much they're using him, who knows? Yeah. Well, and we'll see. The deadline could be interesting next week too. But here's the thing. As far as attacking the game this week, it's so tough because, to me, you got to take care of Tyreek Hill. And I thought Chris Harris and Adam Jones shown 
a great ability to handle Tyree Kill in that speed. The thing the Broncos have going for them, the Bengals did, and they're not going to be surprised by the team speed, the motion, and everything else that the Chiefs throw at them. The, the real key for me is somehow in your nickel coverage, you've got to stop Kareem Hunt. Because Kareem Hunt, when you go into the pass-heavy personnel and the extra DBs, that's where he's doing damage against teams. And you've got to find a way, whatever linebacker's in there acting as the nickel backer has got to get him down. You guys have got to find a way to stop that, almost as important as it is to stop the pass in that set. The linebacker is the nickel backer also. That's where it could help if you use Justin Simmons as your slot corner again because he has the ability to react to a run and make a play even though he may start out with coverage responsibilities. Well, I really wish Sue Cravens could be back for this game so we could get a full dose of what he could do. It stinks for me that the Broncos are going to be done with their Travis-Kelsey matchup before they get Sue Cravens back in the mix, but it is what it is. Is it not amazing that the Broncos will have played the Chiefs four times since their last meeting with the Chargers? That seems like an error of scheduling. How does that happen? How does it happen that you're done with a division rival before Halloween? I hate that. Yeah, and the other one you've yet to even see yet. How could this not have been the Charger game? It's true. And then the Chief game is that first Charger game. How, how could that not have just been switched out? I don't get it, Andrew. I don't get it. You know what's it's not in- like Arrowhead is packing a bunch of great concerts this time of year. You know what's interesting? I was just thinking about this. The Broncos will have played two-thirds of their division schedule by the 10th game. Nuts, right? And yet... They play three AFC North opponents in the last six games. So in the last six games, they have more AFC North foes Hold on, Ryan. than AFC West foes. It's nuts. Hey, it's it's Guest Spot Podcast you Friday. come in? Or whatever we want to call it. What? What? What's your excuse? Yeah. <laughs> what, what's the deal? I, I, I forgot the equipment. We're calling... Hey. Friday football, Friday night football, and uh, high school football, and I forgot the equipment, so I got all the way home, turn around, came back. We're, we're getting better. So first we had a little kid run away and want no part of us. Then Matt Boyer stopped but made me hold the mic for him. Now, Ryan, we're getting more desire to be a part of this thing as we go along. Well, we've gotten people with increasing levels of radio conversational yeah. experience going from the little kid who's probably never seen a microphone before, to Matt Boyer, who's more on camera than radio slash podcasting, and now Ryan Edwards, who is a seasoned radio professional. So we're kind of like the two old guys that hassle you as you go into whatever, you know, like we're in Brooklyn or something, just whatever. But we'll ask you, we do think that this is an important run of games, but would a loss with momentum serve enough purpose considering what comes up? Because I was just telling Andrew, it's like the wild card stretch of Houston after, then you've got to buy, but then it's the Chargers, it's the Steelers, it's the Bengals. These are all wild card conversation teams. So would at least some momentum of a close game help you this week? So it's a moral victory. We're, we're uh, doing... <laughs> Here we are again. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I like the argument. I mean, because no, you... you no, well, I like I like the perspective of knowing you have to go two and two over the next four. Like if you say out loud, I got to go two and two over the next four to stay in contention, and then you got to run a games that are definitely winnable. At least if the Broncos are playing good football, they're winnable. So if you go with that mindset that this isn't a season-ending loss to the Chiefs, then yeah, sure, I can see that. It kind of depends on the way you lose because you you lo- you had a ten-point lead in the fourth quarter in the first matchup. If you have a lead 
on the road at Arrowhead and you lose it again, I think that could be mentally damaging to the psyche of this team, knowing that, hey, we aren't closing, and then you start getting the yips a little bit. And I wonder a little bit about this team if they're not finding ways to close. Well said. The moral victory debate is one that we've been having on first and ten, 10 for over a year now. Oh, yeah. And I brought it up. Ryan first brought up last year. Now I've been kind of in the, well, you might not win, but you play them close. You step in the right direction. But I do think two and two over the next four is the best way to look at it because then if you do, getting beyond that, all the possibilities are in front of you. If you could win at Cincinnati, you'd be six and six if you go two and four in these four games starting with Kansas City. And if you're six and six with San Francisco, Cleveland at home, at Oakland, and the Chargers at home in Week 17, I think you've got a good chance to win three and then set yourself up for a potential playoff-like game in Week 17, win and go on, lose and go home. That being said, the Broncos have whittled away most of their margin for error already with some losses, particularly that Jets one. Hey, here's the deal. I'm never going to say that a Bronco team is going to go in and win Kansas City. So I will tell you, I'm laying out these scenarios because, you know, look, you know me. I don't think there's a more diehard, try-to-fight-the-fan instinct guy on the station than me. But even the Super Bowl team struggled to win in Kansas City. So there's no way you're going to get me to predict a win. And I think you've got to be prepared to mentally take on what's left after this is done. Because if you get the Houston game, you're four and five, and as you guys laid out, you can finish six and six with a favorable stretch down, down the home stretch. But um, right now, I just I can't. I've seen. I've been to KC. It's brutal. It's brutal to try to win there. Period. It's, it's loud. The weather will be nice, which actually probably helps the Chiefs because it'll be a fast track. Well, that that turf sucks. So. Hey, real quick, we got to let Ryan go, but yeah. you guys glistening. Can you see that? A little bit. Yeah, a little, little bit yeah. of glisten. Uh, well, we, we, t- we talked about some things that, that made him happy during the show. We talked about yeah. Mike Allstott. Yeah, we talked about Mike Allstott <laughs> and his, uh, his running style, and we talked about <laughs> Baker at one point. So he just had a lot of things happen during the course so of the show. Up anyway. a- and I'm and, also a human heat pump, as yeah. George Costanza once said. And, and this is also <laughs> post-donut and, and birthday cake. So, so he's a post-donut. <laughs> There's a little bit of sugar high happening, Woo! too. <laughs> All right. You know what? Are we ready to wrap this up? Here's the we, thing. Ryan needs are. to check in. I don't know how much of this is actually making the final podcast, but it's been a great well, one, folks. it's going to be there. But we've got more because in the locker room, Ryan, Steve, and I talked to Philly Will, Will Parks. He's going to have a big role Sunday, likely starting in place of Darian Stewart, who is out after having three neck stingers. Here is our conversation with one of our favorite guys in the locker room, Will Parks. And a not sweaty Andrew Mason. Chatting here with Will Parks. Now it's interesting when you're playing uh, divisional opponents because it's not like you guys haven't seen these guys, know a lot of the matchups, but the Chiefs are going to throw a lot of different looks at you. They always try to do that. But again, in the end, doesn't this kind of come down to what you know about them, what they they know about you? Yeah, it's it's a little bit of that, and it's a little bit of just – Winning your one-on-ones at the end of the day. I mean, the coaches, they're going to scheme up what they're going to do to us, and obviously we're going to do the same. But at the end of the day, we got to win our one-on-one matchups, and we all know what those matchups are. So, you know, if you do it to the best of your ability, scratch that. If you, We got to win. It's a must-win. So, you know, it's no go out there and give up anything. We can't do that. You know, obviously, you know, they fighting for something too, but, you know, we fighting for, 
you know, to get back to 500. Not only that, we fighting the, you know, the winning division and things of that sort. So there's a lot of things that come into play when it comes to just, you know, that type of atmosphere. But, you know, this game is built off one-on-ones, built off matchups, is built off, you know, execution and things of that sort. So we should be pretty fine in that aspect. What makes Cream Hunt so tough when he gets to the second level? Hey, everybody know, you know, he's tough, tough dude to tackle, but uh, that's what we get paid for. We get paid to tackle, so we're not going to go into this game like, you know, hey, uh, this running backs, you know, we all know he's good in that so but we got a game tackle him, tackle him as a unit, and if you got him one-on-one, you got to make the tackle, so. All right, Philly Will, y'all came out, bought out against Arizona. What was it? Was it was it Devon Miller, hey, we're going to kick their butt, or, or was, was it more than that? It, it was, it was, it was, it was. Def, that was definitely a spark. Uh, that was definitely, uh, uh, you know, one of our uh, co leaders, you know, coming in and, and stepping up to the plate and getting us ready, you know, to go out there and get a win, you know. And, and it also helped out because we all knew it was a short week, so you kind of, you know, you didn't know a lot of people's mindset, but uh, that mindset kind of changed once, um, you know, he said that to the media. But we kind of took it as a fact that, you know, why are we sitting back, you know, playing with people? You know, we, we can beat every team that step on the fields with us. And, uh, you know, ultimately that's the end goal. So I think that was definitely a spark. And it kind of, you know, it kind of gave us a whole lot of confidence, especially moving into this week with this, uh, with this kind of caliber game. The last two weeks you guys have 11 sacks, doubling your total for the entire season. You're now second in the league the sack for the Broncos as far as the pass rush. Seems like it's kind of coming together a little bit. Is there anything that specifically changed for you guys? Uh, the pass rushers, they, they they never they never satisfied. Um, you know, Von and Shane and those guys, they oh they uh you know they uh you know that they, they get after you know they they always talk about uh you know getting to the quarterback and you know Von obviously being the leader and then Shane actually came in today and kind of got us riled up as special teams. So a lot of guys are starting to step up um in that aspect and it's kind of taking taking overall as a team. Mahomes' completion percentage drops about twenty five percent when he's kept in the pocket longer than two and a half seconds. So, what do you guys do to force him to hold that ball that extra half second or so longer and put him into a danger zone? Uh, just uh, containing. You know, last, last last game we played those guys, it was a close game, and we had a close game off of a lot of mistakes, um, especially in the back end. Uh, so, uh, you know, if we, 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 we kind of go out there and we had that same mindset, um, if not more, um, and, and we all know we got to keep him inside the pocket. Um, you know, that's what – you know, so if I'm on the blitz or something, I got to keep inside the pocket, do my job. You know, it's all about doing your job at the end of the day. You know, you can't go out there and have MEs or uh, miscommunication. And that's that's the biggest thing with this team. Um, they have a lot of shifts, a lot of motions, a lot of things to kind of get the quarterback rolling, get it, get them in a, a groove. So, you know, as long as we do that, contain them and uh, give them different looks and, uh, you know, execute and communicate, you know, all as one, we should be fine. Now, the Chiefs have an explosive offense. Everybody on the planet knows that right now. Uh, if you had to pick one area that you say, all right, we, we got to stop this area before anything else, what, what priority would you play? Would, would it be uh, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, uh, containing uh, Patrick Mahomes, or is it Kareem Hunt? Uh, we got to stop. Uh, we got you know, we obviously got to stop, you know, 87-10 and, you know, the quarterback, but uh, we can't let 27 get rolling. Uh, you know, he's kind of – a lot of people don't talk about him as, uh, a lot as, uh, you know, they should, but he's a great running back and uh, he's hard to tackle. I mean, he kind of – he's kind of the focal point, uh, like the underdog focal point in their offense. He's always sneakily getting 120 yards and things of that sort, breaking tackles in the back end and he, not even in the back end, running through linemen and things of that sort. So, you know, we got to stop 27 first and, you know, and try to put the ball in 15 hands the whole game. Last question for me, Will Parks with us. The Broncos won a championship with an underdog mentality. You guys are a 10-point, roughly 10-point underdog 
on the road against the Kansas City Chiefs. How much can that fuel you guys? I mean, we, we fueled anyway. We don't care about the spread. We fueled anyway. We lost to this team. We was up 10 points in the fourth quarter. So if this game, if that alone isn't enough motivation to go out there and win and go out there and compete and give it your all, like if I don't leave that game with bloody eyes and something wrong with me, you know what I'm saying? So this this is ultimately a playoff game for us, um, period. You know, this this could make or break our season. This is the game where, you know, the guys, you know, ride around each other and say, hey, scratch that. Whatever we do. We're going to go out there. We're going to give it our best shot. We're going to go out there. We're going to compete as a unit. We're going to go out there. We're going to get a W. So that's how we got to think. How much do you look back at that game? You mentioned it. You had the 10-point lead, let it go. How often does that come into your mind, not only in preparation, but then when you get out there to game time, knowing that, hey, we did have these guys beat. We just got to finish the job. Oh, uh, man, uh, you know, it, it rolls in the back of your mind. Uh, but, you know, this week is a new week. You know, it's a new it's a new day. The Kansas City, they they, got, they have new plays in their offense ever since they played us. Um, you know, so we got to go into this week preparing for the big plays that hit us, take those away, and then ultimately, man, keep everything in front of us, man. And, you know, obviously, you know, guys kind of t- think back and think of the losses and things of that sort. But, uh, you know, in this league, you got you to gotta be able to move on quick. You know, every week is a new game. Every week is new preparation. Every week is a new workout, new new different meetings. So um, you just got to, you know, stay fresh and keep your mind keep your mind open. All right. Thanks to the cast of semi-dozens. Thanks to Andy, Ryan Edwards, Matt Boyer, the kid that blew us off, Will Parks, Steve Atwater. We'll talk to you after the Chiefs game. Ryan and I will have the post-game breakdown for you late Sunday night, early Monday morning on Horse and Around. We'll break it all down. Until next time, take care. Thanks for listening, and bye for now. This has been another edition of Horse and Around with Broncos insider Andrew Mason. Check out Mace on DenverBroncos.com and weekday mornings at 10 with Steve Atwater and Ryan Edwards. That's how we get it done. We'll see you next time on Horse and Around.